Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel, and we're happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss this topic, which is using subscriptions to catapult your customer's average lifetime value. Today's guest runs Rodeo, a platform for eight-figured DTC brands that utilize subscription-based models. The Rodeo platform offers personalization features to tailor the customer experience and maximize customer attention and lifetime value. A big welcome to Ben Fisher. Hi, Ben. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me on. We're excited to have you. (laughs) So why subscriptions? What is the reason you believe so strongly that e-commerce brands need to utilize the subscription model? Yeah, so I mean, subscriptions are sort of like one tool in the toolbox, so to speak, I think. Uh, And I can go in a little bit into like my contrarian point of view of subscriptions, but I'll I'll start with just saying like I've been building uh, tools for direct consumer e-commerce brands for like the last eight, eight years. Uh, mm-hmm. Prior to Rodeo, I co-founded a company called Carthook and we enabled post-purchase upsells on Shopify. Uh, and so in working with those brands, uh, I just saw firsthand sort of the, the power as well as the challenges that like these brands were having with, like, with subscriptions and how subscriptions are a very powerful way to um, deliver a great consumer experience, but also like there's some trade-offs that, that brands encounter around just managing a, their subscription program and making sure that it, it really is a way to um, provide, provide a great experience. Yeah. I mean, subscription they have for retailers, the benefit of being able to produce reliable and predictable revenue every month. But yep. before we go into some different methods and tactics, you know, I'm curious that you've seen, you know, you said your time before and then the sub- subscriptions you offer now, but what is the most unique type of product you've ever seen that was turned into a subscription? Uh, it has got to be, <laughs> there. there's a, an apocalypse preparation box uh, that you can subscribe to where you basically get supplies every month preparing for an apocalypse. I think that's probably the most uh, <laughs> outrageous one I've seen. I've also seen one actually for, uh, for, for taking care of chickens. Uh, so I grew up on a tree farm, so I actually do know, I guess owning chickens is not that outrageous, but it's, it does seem like a pretty surprising market to go after. Hmm. Um, An apocalypse box though, huh? Yeah. I yeah. wonder, do they, yeah. uh, can you get invoice for that? Like 60 days out? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> so what kind of numbers do you have that supports why a company should consider offering subscriptions? Well, um, you know, the, in terms of, I mean, the primary reason, if you talk to, to brands that offer subscriptions is, uh, you know, the exact numbers will, will vary, but um, typically the LTV of a subscriber is 
anywhere from three three times to substantially more uh, of higher than one time purchasers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, that's generally the excitement and rationale around a subscription program. And as you said, like this idea, everyone wants predictable revenue, right? Um, from a brand and business perspective, it, it, I mean, it makes forecasting a lot easier. And so it's, um, yeah, I think as, as human beings, we, and, and business owners, we, you want, you don't, it's easier to have, uh, renewing subscriptions rather than having to go out and resell one-time products over and over and over again. Uh, it also is a way to like make high price point products more palatable. Um, I remember when I was younger buying Adobe Photoshop, so it's like digital products. Um, you know, that's like $800 to buy it. And then every time they release a new version, but then if you buy it in the cloud, it's called 30 bucks a month. Um, so just as a way to be able to, uh, people are will spend just as much, if not more, um, but it's a way to, yeah, kind of, I guess you can expand your market because there's more people who can afford it. Um, and so this, the same applies to e-commerce. You know, Photoshop is a, a great example. You know, they don't even sell it anymore. Like all you yeah. can buy is a subscription. So that's uh, yeah. interesting. Although yeah. we're talking um, e-com. Now, what makes for, for a successful subscription? Is there, what, what does somebody need to, to think about? when putting together the effort to, to have a subscription program? Well, I, I think, you know, one of the things to think about in general is, does your product make sense to be a subscription in the first place? Um, you know, there are certain products, and I would say that one of the challenges in having a subscription program is, um, unless you're selling, we'll call it medicine or a vitamin, where there's an exact amount or exact unit of the product mm-hmm. that you need to take over X number of days, uh, your consumption habit or your consumption uh, will, will vary, right? So if you're subscribing to coffee or food or drink, um, it, it really quickly becomes a bit of a uh, challenge to predict how often you need to receive more product, hmm. uh, which often will lead will result in people canceling. Um, you know, so it's actually it's not great for the consumer necessarily. It's not great for the for the brands. So a lot of effort goes into trying to find a way to predict when someone is going to be ready for more. How do you do that? Um, well, so, you know, I mean, part of it would be um, talking to your customers, right? Um, with Rodeo, one of the things that we do is we have, um, you know, reminders that, at, that basically will check in with the customer and, say, and ask if they're, if they're prompt them to see if they're ready for more. Um, but you could also do that as a brand on your own through like your onboarding uh, email and just when you're first onboarding someone over the first like 30 days or so, get a sense of what's their consumption uh, speed, right? And if maybe they'll need to get their first renewal sooner or if they need it later, because ultimately um, you're not gonna be able to trick people into continuously to renew. That ultimately is why people cancel. And that's the number one reason people cancel subscription is too much product. And so it's, um, yeah, I would say a blessing and a a challenge (laughs) of the subscription model is that brands really want to push subscriptions and by and large there are a lot of for a lot of consumers myself included subscriptions when they work they work awesome but there's you know the specifically the whether or not you're ready for more um is one of the primary challenges that any brand is going to deal with so anything you can do to be able to get a sense of um how frequently an individual customer will need more that will save you as a that'll that'll probably keep the customer around longer and it'll keep them happier um, than 
you know, sort of treating every single customer the same and just offering one or two plans. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. So let's talk about how you get that customer to originally purchase subscription over mm-hmm. opposed to buying a one-off product, one-time purchase. Mm-hmm. What what are some ways? I mean, you got price, but you know, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. What what are what are some uh, more creative ways you've seen to uh, entice customers into signing up for a subscription? Well, I, you know, the, the tough thing about that too, right? Is so if someone's subscribing, they've never bought your product before. The question you need to ask is why are they subscribing in the first place, right? If they haven't actually seen whether or not they like your product, um, that's why when I talk to brands, I often We'll talk about their numbers. And one of the things we'll often I'll ask them is what's your, basically what's your churn between the first uh, order and your first renewal? Um, and really understanding, um, do they have, like what, are, what does their retention look like before the first renewal and then after the first renewal? Um, you know, cause I think getting someone to subscribe without using your product, they're not a subscriber yet. They're not even a customer yet. They actually haven't enjoyed your product yet. At that point, they're just speculative. And presumably they might, maybe we're even doing it just for the, simply for the discount. Um, Maybe they don't intend to subscribe in the first place. Um, I think the ways that I've seen most effective to get someone onto a subscription though, is providing value outside of just the convenience of a recurring order. Um, And so if you can provide something, whether that is curation or like a a supplemental digital product or something that accentuates or enhances the experience of of being a customer of your business that's one of the one of the ways that i've seen brands make their subscription program really attractive even if the person hasn't purchased before interesting now it looks more like a membership than 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 a subscription right do you think adding value works better not quite as well or the same as decreasing price? I mean, I'd say value all day long um, because ultimately that's what's going to, if you can provide more value than anyone else, then um, I mean, in my mind, that should always be your, as an entrepreneur, whether it's in subscription e-commerce or B2B SaaS, that should be the, your, your sort of, my, my, your focus. Yeah, yeah, I um, totally agree. You know, I mean, because yeah, price can make things more palatable, but it's not going to keep someone around. And then, I, and I, I think you're probably alluding to this is like if you're competing on price, you don't have a competitive advantage. You don't, you know, <laughs> you're not going to be around uh, necessarily for too long. So, on the flip side, what are some mistakes that businesses make when creating subscriptions that that cause them to be unsuccessful right out of the gate? Um. I think one thing is, well, creating subscriptions around products where there is not a, that aren't necessarily a good product to subscribe to. Um, and I think when you're designing a subscription program, recognizing and understanding how natural of a subscription the product you're selling is, because let's say that your product isn't a natural subscription, like it has varying um very variable uh consumption patterns then you're going to have a lot of issues around people canceling and churn issues and so in that case more than price we really need to focus on is how can i enhance the experience of being a subscriber or a member and maybe even positioning it more as a membership rather than a subscription um because 
I think that's, I mean, that, that's ultimately what will uh, make or, or, or kill your program. Um, because once someone cancels a subscription, like the last stat I'd seen was you only tend to uh, get 5% of canceled subscribers to buy again. Right. Like that's really? a very general stat. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very broad stat, but those are the numbers I last had seen. Uh, and so part of the challenge is, is once someone cancels, reactivating them is going to be really difficult because they've already made that sort of psychological decision for, for whatever the reason is um, to, to, to move on. That's interesting. That's like the, the dark side of subscriptions that you don't hear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, and I think what's kind of crazy is when going back to what I was talking about of, um, you know, the number one reason people cancel subscriptions is receiving too much product. It's not because they don't like your product. It's because they've gotten too much of it. And that leads to a lot of like, we'll call it like negative feelings <laughs> or negative psychology where you feel possibly that you've been taken advantage of by the company or you've wasted money. And so, you know, as convenient as the idea of like setting and forgetting a subscription is uh, having negative, having a negative subscription experience, um, can end your relationship with the customer as well. Now, what are some actionable steps you could recommend for companies that are thinking of launching a subscription business, or maybe they have a subscription service already, but they don't have very many sales? Is it really just thinking about whether it makes sense to be a subscription or can you go beyond that? Yeah. And I'll be the first to say that I'm not necessarily the expert of, of we'll call it like at the super early stage of, of first designing your, your strategy. Uh, I've worked with a lot of subscription brands, the ones that we work with, they already have product market fit and we're helping them with scaling. And a lot of it's around like the user experience, the consumer experience, mechanics around subscription intervals and um, helping them to anticipate um, customers who are likely to churn and then finding ways to retain them. Uh, so I, by no means would claim to be an expert at like the super early stage of subscription. Um, but I've certainly, you know, I, I have anecdotal evidence in, from, from my experience of just being in the space and talking to a lot of people. I think at that super early stage, the biggest risk is that you don't yet have a business, right? Um, I saw that uh, even with my previous company, Carthook, where we did post-purchase upsells. One of the challenges would be that we've, we found a lot of early stage uh, e-commerce brands that would install our, our, our app. They were installing it because they were hoping for sort of like, one more, they were just kind of hoping that it would solve their sales problems. Um, but so, in reality, a lot so of they them, were hoping they, they didn't would yet create, have a business. Right. So they were hoping they would create the right. business. So same thing. Because like the tool's not, open, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's not going to solve, it's not going to solve your, your sales problems, right? It's a great and effective tool. It's a great um, business model. Um, but, you know, it's important to sort of separate the two. And that's not to say you shouldn't start with a subscription program from day one. Um, but it's important to keep that in mind that it's not going to just solve your problems. And so I think being really crystal clear on, you know, where you are with the business, your clarity into like, we'll call it product market fit. Um, and then just, yeah, leveraging subscriptions as they make sense for you. And again, I, I, I'd be <laughs> remiss to say that you shouldn't start with a subscription program from day one, but you know, it's important just to know where you are. Well, so one of my favorite questions I always like to ask is, is for predictions. So mm -hmm. if you had a crystal ball, where do you see the next year going for e-commerce? I mean, it, it's funny because so much has changed, especially, I mean, in e-commerce and subscription e-commerce in the last like three years, like, you know, pre-COVID, there was like this like 
obviously this huge rise that um, changed all the math. So I can't say from a macro perspective what the next year holds and how consumer spending is going to <laughs> going to change with people being concerned about the economy. Uh, I do think though that um, you know the subscriptions as a percentage of e-commerce. Like if you look at any sort of um, prediction, it's going to continue to 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 grow and and to outpace e-commerce growth growth itself. Um, like that's what all all the stats are that I've seen. Uh, I think what you will see though is, and what I'm hoping is seeing more creative ways of getting people to buy again than just a, we'll call it like a vanilla subscription. So doing a lot more around what's, how do you layer in more value around uh, a membership, for example? Um, I think that, yeah, just coming up with more creative ways for people to be able to, um, to be able to buy or inter engage with your brand. Um, that's not so much a prediction as it is a hope, I guess. Um, I'd be curious to hear what, 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 like, what are some of your predictions or thoughts? You know, it's, it's hard because you see that e-commerce grew so much because of COVID yeah. and it really accelerated yeah. the growth by probably experts say anywhere from three to 10 years, as far as the percentage. Yeah. And I, and I don't see it going back. Um, yeah. and I see it growing. I just, don't know it what what kind of pace because I, th I think that people still even though they like the uh, convenience of e-commerce mm -hmm. they still want the experience and they they want mm -hmm. the interaction so I think that companies that are able to provide that are, are really going to grow and we might we might see others not but you know yeah, of all the all the times I ask that question you're the first person <laughs> who's asked me it back so I, I like that oh. <laughs> No, I think that's a really good point. I think what you're seeing now too with a lot of DTC brands is it used to be retailers. It was, you know, I'd say like the big disruption was retailers going into to direct to consumer, right? And what we saw around the power of direct to consumer is that was actually a really uh, inexpensive way for a brand to test its product, right? So rather than having to start on the retail side, brands were able to just be like invented overnight through direct to consumer channel. But now what you're seeing is, uh, and I think it's pretty accepted now where it's like, you need to be in, we'll call it all the channels or a lot of channels. And so if you start off in D2C, you can't just stay in D2C. So you're seeing a lot of brands deal, doing wholesale and getting into like big box retailers um, and or having like an Amazon strategy, like all of these things, like D2C isn't, isn't the place where you're going to end. Um, and he's, it can be the, the place where you start. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue to see more and more people or more and more brands um, expanding into, into other categories or other channels rather. Hello there. This is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break from the show and talk to you for just a minute about the new golden ticket program that I've introduced inside Make Each Click Count University. I know it sounds fancy, right? But what's the golden ticket all about? Each month, Members of Make Each Click University receive a golden ticket that they can use to access any of our certified courses. Certified courses include courses on Facebook, Google Ads, Pinterest, SEO, and more. Look, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel just like an expert, then this program is for you. 
Perhaps you're looking to train someone on your team or you're looking for a career in digital marketing. Well, either way, this program is the program you've been waiting for. In addition, when you become a member to Make Each Click County University, you'll get immediate access to all of our in-house courses, timely training videos, access to all three of my books, and access to our monthly mastermind meeting. All this at a recently reduced price. So go on over to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com for all the details and sign up. I guarantee it's going to be the best decision you make today. Now, back to the show. Now, you've had quite a um, career already as an entrepreneur with Rodeo and, and with uh, some of your other previous um, forays. Mm -hmm. Along the way, have there been any business books out there that you could attribute to your success as an entrepreneur? Uh, yeah, I, I think you know, one that uh, stands out is The Mom Test, which is a great book. I don't know if you've read that. I haven't read that one, no. No, that's a great one. It's basically around how to test, um, basically how to test an early business idea. Um, early in my career, The Lean Startup was really was really effective. It was, I, I read it probably at the right time in my life. I think I just graduated college and I was experimenting with business ideas. And I, what I was really interested in was how can I more methodically approach building companies rather than just making the same mistakes over and over again? Like, how can I get better at this? Um, and so the Lean Startup was the first um, book and then framework around just a way to think about thinking about your business and thinking about business problems as experiments and you're running experiments to test them and to test solutions and to test the level of pain that that uh, prospective customer has around a problem. Now, you know, I think a lot of the business books, it has to be the right time in your life. And it's interesting, like I've been rereading some books and where they might not have been as beneficial a few years ago, they, they are mm -hmm. even more so now. So that's a great point you made. Now, you know, let's switch focus and talk about your software, uh, Rodeo. How does Rodeo help companies manage their subscription program? How, how does it work? Yeah, so I think I was joking earlier that like we're like the anti-subscription subscription platform where um, part of what I've seen is as subscriptions as, as a business model have become extremely successful, more and more brands are offering subscriptions. And part of that's actually cannibalized itself where... Um, I think the last stat I saw was around 80% of direct consumer brands now offer a subscription or some sort of subscription. Wow. Um, and so, and with that, just as I know I've had like bad subscription experiences, I actually had an absurd one where I received a family size of um, paper towels uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I already had paper towels. I didn't need more paper towels. And I had nowhere to put these, like this huge family size shipment. So now they're in my freezer. Um, and then the first thing I did was cancel the subscription. And so like that specifically is the type of experience that we, that we try to avoid and provide a platform that um, avoids situations like that. And so the way that Rodeo works is that there is a certain segment of customers that a subscription is really the most convenient and best way to um, experience your product. But there's, there's a certain segment of customers who have been burnt by a subscription, like in that example I just gave. Um, and they just won't subscribe to your product regardless of um, the price or regardless of how much you push it. And you can't just ignore that segment of your customers or of those prospects because that's a large segment of the market. And as more and more people have negative experiences with subscriptions, uh, I think you're going to see that people are increasingly reluctant um, to subscribe. 
And so with, with Rodeo, what we focused on have focused on is how to provide a flexible subscription experience where it's not always a, a automatically renewing subscription. We have a concept called an on-demand subscription where it effectively sends a reminder to the customer saying, are you ready for more that they can snooze um, or you know, click the link to go and immediately reorder what they had purchased before. Um, that was actually where we first started off with the product um, was I was setting calendar reminders for myself, remind me to buy, but I didn't want it to automatically, I didn't necessarily want to subscribe because I wasn't sure if I actually would need more in 30 days. Uh, so instead, every 25 days, they would ask, I would get a reminder asking if I needed more. Um, and so providing that flexibility where rather than only offering a binary subscription where the person either cancels and doesn't buy from you again, or they subscribe and they have to like monitor their subscription, we have this in-between mode that, you know, is effectively a way to retain a customer who's, who's on the, on the way of, or ready to likely to churn. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does. Smart reminders. Yeah, no, and it's a great idea. Um, I guess my mind's been a little bit um, wandering, wondering why you put your paper towels in the freezer, though. Oh, I didn't have any shelf space. Okay. I didn't have, I, I didn't have anywhere else to store them. <laughs> um, yeah, I live in New York City, and I have a really Got small it. kitchen. Okay, okay. Yeah, I yeah, thought they were- I guess I should have led with that. I was like, man, are they, are they fresher if you put them in the freezer? I have never been no, that no, before, no. and I thought I was- We'll see there. how that works out. Um, um, so what are, what are some of the challenges that you struggle with in getting results for your clients? Well, I think it's like with any tool, it, it, it oftentimes comes down to uh, how it's implemented. And I'll say part of what's important for us and why we have, so we focused on like, we'll call it the mid to upper mid market of, of the, the space. And a big reason of that is both my partner and I have a long history, uh, both on the, like we'll call it the, the vendor SaaS side, as well as my uh, co-founder, Joel, he was he's been the CTO of a number of subscription e-commerce brands. And so we both come from both building a lot of tools for e-commerce brands, but also working inside the brands themselves. And so we take a much more consultative approach um, with these brands where we can really dig into what are your biggest challenges. And so, you know, the bottom line is that, um, you know, if a brand doesn't know their customer well, then there's nothing that we can do or no tool that, that will enable them to be successful. Um, that's not to say that that's a problem with any of our customers. I'm just saying that as, as a vendor, that's always going to be one of the challenges you're going to have. And so for us, part of the way that we've found works is really, it, it's cliche probably at this point to say, but like behaving more like a partner. Um, mm-hmm. And because our deep expertise is on the technology side, a lot of what we can do is talk to these brands who are typically non-technical. They, they're really great at marketing. They're great at supply chain. But for them, they have a lot of ideas. What they don't necessarily understand or, or have is like a gut check around what would it take for me to do that thing. And so with the flexibility of, of our platform, a lot of what we do is this consultative part up front to really understand like what are their biggest challenges? How do they think they could solve them? Then understanding what functionality that we already have out, out of the box will we'll address that. Because the truth is that for most subscript, not just subscriptions, but like you know, a lot of these products have like a million features. Uh, you don't need all those features. Um, and what, what strat, one strategy that works for one brand might not, won't likely work for yours. And so it's really about personalizing um, and, and tailoring the implementation of a feature to match like, what your business needs. And that's, again, different with every single business. So I'd say that's probably one of the bigger challenges is that it's also an opportunity. Does that make sense? It does. It does. 
Now, Rodeo, it integrates with Shopify. Yep. Does it work with any other platforms? Yeah, so, I mean, we designed from day one the product to be um, platform agnostic from, from like, so that's the way it's architected, but we, starting with Shopify first, because that's a market that I know really well. Um, and it's also where there's a lot of subscription e-commerce brands. And, and, and frankly, Shopify's made it really easy for you to, as a, as a developer, to um, effectively be compatible uh, and, and have your, your, your product work out of the box with most stores on the platform. I remember before Shopify, I you know, did a fair amount of Magento work. And Ooh. one of the challenges with Magento is that every single brand has a different setup. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. like the amount of debugging and just like fashioning, it makes it so that it's really difficult to onboard a customer. And so that 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 is one of the um, benefits and one of the reasons why I think a lot of in, a lot of developers have have gravitated towards the Shopify um, app place and app market. Um, and I think their their app marketplace has been really successful for you know, just in terms of a distribution channel. I know, so you, I know, again, yeah. So you said you started with Shopify. Is it available for the other ones right now or is that something you nope, guys are working on? we've just been focused on Shopify. Yeah. So right I mean, now, so architecturally, it's, yeah, architecturally, it, it, it can support other ones, but we're focused on Shopify. Got it. Now, how yeah. does the pricing work for your clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, our pricing right now is, uh, you know, five ninety nine a month. And then um, there's a, percentage of subscription revenue. So it's typically uh, 1% and 20 cents per order. So it's and, variable depending on the size of your brand. And who is the perfect client for Rodeo? If they're out there, they should be checking you out after this episode. I would say it's subscription e-commerce brands, like the, the ones who really are focused on a great consumer experience. And I think, um, you know, if, the ones we do the best with, they already are at at least um, one and a half to two million dollars a year in recurring revenue, or annual recurring revenue. Um, do they do they have a subscription in place already, or are they look into? They likely do. They, they do. likely do. Um, we've worked with a couple brands who they already had a large, they had an established and large one-time offering, and then they want to introduce subscriptions. We can be helpful there too. But our primary market is if you currently have a subscription program and you've been successful with it. We can, we, we can help you accelerate um, your growth through subscriptions. And again, not necessarily, and, and through like personalized subscriptions where it's not just the same exact mechanic for every single consumer. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you? Yeah, so um, I mean, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter. My username is skinny and bald because I'm kind of skinny, kind of bald. Uh, you of course can go to our website, hey.rodeo. Hey, as an H-E-Y period rodeo. Um, or you can email me, ben at hey.rodeo. Well, this has been great, Ben. Is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? No, that's it. I mean, I guess the one thing I would add, just add is if anyone has any questions or wants to talk about subscription e-commerce or um, e-commerce strategy, I'm you know happy to, happy to help if I can. Um, you know, this is stuff that at least for me, like intellectually is just really interesting and something that I and solving problems is something that I love to do and we love to do. So happy to help if we can. This is great. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information on Rodeo or connecting with Ben, you will find the links in the show notes below. 
In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I have discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.